Hello everyone, my name is Mia and this is Izel and we are Flower Child Unity and this is episode 2. We hope you guys enjoy. Okay, so... Last week, we read Break My Heart and Excel Memory, and we had a little discussion about those two poems. Yes, we did. Last week was a little short since we ran out of time, but this week, I think we're going to have a lot of time as we read many different poems. We read actually four. Yeah. Um, they were really good poems, too. Really good. What's been your favorite poem so far? Hmm, my favorite poem this week was probably The Fight. That one was really inspiring. I really liked that one. The Fight was really good. It was really interesting. Mine was Directions to You. It just mm-hmm. warmed my heart. It was so sweet. Yeah, it was really beautiful. Yeah, last week we talked about, like, different aspects of life going on now that is contributing to the book, mm-hmm. which was a really good aspect of our book club yeah and today we're going to continue that because I feel like that's some of the stuff that is going on now needs to be talked about especially with Mm -hmm. this book it really relates to a lot of things going on so let's get into it let's start Mm -hmm. with the first poem granddaughters so when reading this this poem it had a lot of imagery yeah agree. yeah mm-hmm. yeah definitely just the just just the descriptions of like the taste of berries made promises or at every moon to do their ripening and such like that was like it really put an image in my head mm-hmm. like when they said there's a red dress deerskin moccas- moccasins mm-hmm. that I could see that like very very high imagery in this one and this one you can just like create a dream in your head of it Yeah, I agree. So going on to our first question, with this poem, it talks about kind of like a how dreams are like taken away so easily because what I found out from this and what I felt is that these people like were going through such hardship and like Mm -hmm. moments where like that could be so memorable could be turned yeah. into street nightmares now if they think about it. So what is a dream that was taken away from you, Izel? Well, um, a lot of dreams that I had, like, as a child or more regarding to my future career and stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, a lot of the times I'm like, oh, this would be really interesting to do. And then I, like, find out how much they get paid. And then I'm just like, mm-hmm never mind so in that way money like the whole people can't do what they enjoy anymore because of how much like being able to need to like what's the word sustain or what's the word I can't think of it so for now I'm just gonna say just being able to support yourself being able to support yourself yeah that's such a big thing put your like it's 
it's sad that we can't have like people doing what they want to do and enjoy because they just have to worry about um how much money and just being able to support themselves and their families you know yeah it's like what when she said the taste of berries made of promises it's like when you think of berries you think of like this sweet amazing fruit mm-hmm. and then and that's just like a promise mm-hmm. but it's like them taking a bite of a rotten berry and being like oh this is such a broken promise and that's so sad and that's why I found that their dreams were being taken away from them and they were their promises from past people were probably like hurting them which is so not fair you know but Mm -hmm. I completely agree with you with the fact that you want to like when you're younger you have these ideas of being someone and then you get older. <laughs> yeah, and then you realize realistic yeah. truth is you can't. You can't do exactly what you want to do. Yeah, it's just life. You can do a lot of things that you want to do, but real, like if you look at it in a realistic sense, it, you really can't. Yeah. It's like kids were like, I want to be a chef when I grow up, or I want to mm-hmm. be a famous ballerina or something like that. But yeah. Then you get to this age, you're like, oh, I'm going to have to be like a lawyer or something. Yeah, or I need to start making money now or start yeah. a business now so I can build it up more and more. And it's just like we can we don't have that same aspirations for creative things or or just like, oh, I have to have a realistic office type job instead of me doing something creative like I always wanted to do mm-hmm. because you just need that um support system you need that uh, reassurance that you'll have the money to live to survive yeah I agree I would definitely um have to say though reading this poem it's like the circle of life I feel like you know Mm -hmm. I yeah when I read it I was thinking it really reminded me of reincarnation yeah just the I was a thought a dream a fish a wing and then a human being and then like the whole um when I emerged from my mother's river on my father's boat of potion fever like the whole part just like it gave me such reincarnation vibes and I don't know too much about Native American culture and stuff like that but for me I believe in reincarnation so I always was like that's the huge thing that I got from there yeah I agree I'm not huge on religion or much, but mm-hmm. that really gave me, like, a feeling. Because you know, like, how when you lose a family member or, like, mm-hmm. an animal and, like, there's different signs that come out. Like, for instance, someone could be a come back, like, as a bird and, like, that can be your sign that they're still with you. Like, you'll always yeah. see this bird or something. Like, have you ever watched Moana? <laughs> I have. You know how the grandmother turned into the stingray? I yeah. think that was really sweet. And, like, that just kind of reminded me of this, too. Yeah, it's just a beautiful way of life. Okay, let's go on to The Fight. Mm. The Fight was a good poem. Like, the way she describes the hardship she went through, it really reminded me, like, it, it reminded me of two different things her being like kicked out or just mistreated by these people who keep like all keep going and hurting them multiple like over and over again but it also reminded me of like 
her own inner demons and her own trauma being haunted by these same thoughts and same like problems and nightmares over and over again and her having to fight them and not to suffocate in the darkness yeah I agree I mean one of the lines she says I grow tired of the heartaches I mean Mm -hmm. at this point it's not just the enemies fighting with her it's her own demons exactly yeah I agree and these people like they're not only fighting with others they're fighting themselves because at the end of the day like you go crazy like if someone's just Mm -hmm. constantly like coming at you and at you your mind is just slowly getting crazier and crazier like if I was in this sense like I don't know what I would do like it's it's surprising to me that they still have like this hope and they're still fighting back because even it says like um but it does not in but it is not in me to give up even though yeah. they keep coming back, you know? Yeah, and uh, I was taught to give honor to the House of Warriors, which cannot exist without the House of Peacemakers. Like, her trying to just be, still have um some hope and happiness within herself. Like, mm-hmm. I think in our generation, like now, teenagers nowadays, one didn't have that same um, will to fight because they never had to be. In this sense, yeah. she's had to do this for every, all of her generations had to keep having hope for one day that in the future, something will work out better. They won't have to fight these demons anymore. It's just been that has been passed down. That belief has been passed down. But for most teenagers, I would say, I don't know. I don't know all teenagers on the planet, but <laughs> as American teenagers wouldn't be able to keep that hope like I know, like, this is a serious topic, but I know that, like, depression and then mental health is a really bad thing right now in our, gener- like, in our age yeah. group because there's so much things happening in the world and we just see it and it's hard for us to find hope. Like, it's hard for me to keep hope when all I see are negative things. Especially and not- with us on social media. Yeah, exactly. Like, I see news all the time like I get I'm on Twitter so Twitter is crazy about getting news super quickly Mm -hmm. so like I'll see everything right when it's happening and like I have like friends or mutuals on Twitter who are all over the world so in a lot of cases like with the Lebanon um explosion I knew people who were that was happening right there and then and it was really crazy and really sad to see that this stuff is happening all over the world and I can't do anything about it I can't stop people from dying like it's just hard for your mental health and it's hard to keep hope I think yeah so that can go in as a question actually so if you were in this situation would you give up hope I would say, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I know, like, I really shouldn't, because you want to keep hope, but just given how I am, my mental state now, and if I was just thrown into that situation, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to keep hope. I probably would have gave up a long time ago. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree. Like, I, I'm definitely like a fighter when it comes to things like that. Like, mm-hmm. well, not that, but like situations in life because I just keep thinking about like my future but in that sense you know when it's actually happening happening to you when it's more like a burden burden yeah it's hard hard to 
when you don't have any um, hope inside or anything inside that will help you, it's like just just that one belief, just that faith that something's going to be okay. I don't have that strong, strong sense of faith, so I would yeah. I wouldn't be able to do what she does. So I really applaud her. So, mm-hmm. It's huge on what she's doing. It's insane, actually, and it's mm-hmm. hard to believe because, I mean, she's getting attacked daily, and not just by the enemies herself too. Yeah. She's attacking herself, which is. And it's not her fault for doing that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. anyone in that situation would. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay. Let's move on to Directions, directions. to You, Ooh. which is your favorite. It was so beautiful. I cried. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was so nice. I don't know. When I was reading it, I was just like, it was just me trying to get some of my homework done early, which never happens. So. <laughs> threw me off guard um I was already off guard in general so when I read it I was just like wow it was ex- exactly what I needed to hear yeah it really gives off that positive energy mm-hmm. even though it's so negative on what's happening it's yeah. basically them being like everything's going to be okay like yeah. breathe you are who you are you got this like don't worry like yeah. that's so crazy to think especially on what they're going through like yeah like we we should be telling them this not you know (laughs) but I think that's part of it they're like well this is what I would have wanted to hear when I was going Mm -hmm. through the situation like it's a lesson that they learned during this like they used every situation and learned from it learned that everything will be okay because I guess since she wrote this book <laughs> now yeah. in the future it was okay she I would hope she's okay right now <laughs> yeah I mean even in the first stanza like they basically explained like the daily steps they go through mm-hmm. and not just like one time it's probably like multiple times through the day like they have to follow them stop turn around go the other way left right like they're all over the place take a deep breath pray because times get scary like where they are mm-hmm. And then they're just, like, in your time, in your place, and that's it. Like, that just repeats itself, and it's just repetition after repetition. Mm-hmm. And that's so scary, like, you know, like, when they say pray, like, I'm not a huge person that, like, is very religious, like I explained yeah. earlier. Yeah, but, too. you know, their praying is probably so strong just because mm-hmm. they're, like, that's the only thing they're probably thinking of. They're, like, oh, my gosh, I I need, I need this, like please help yeah. me like, like you know, the amount of times pray is mentioned in here actually yeah many times but um it's still enough to bring a message that praying is important to them yeah and then she explains how to find to be found to be understood to be seen mm-hmm. like even now that's something like with all these mm-hmm. protests and stuff all these people want to be understood sure. they want um, to be seen yes i totally agree you know? I think and it's just like everyone. Yeah. I think it's um interesting how each direction, like um the north and then east, south and west, had its own um certain vibe. Like the south yeah. was, it gave me very like spring and life and lively, hopeful energy, while the west was very dark and like finding yeah. light in the dark though. Because when she says even in darkness 
you can be found. Call out even a whisper or a whimper, you will be heard. Like, I think that was really strong because I know a lot of people who are just suffocated by the darkness that that's all they see and they don't, they don't think they can get any help because they're just surrounded by this um, darkness yeah. and just hurt and pain. So when they call out even just a tiny whisper of like, help me or something like that, they can be heard. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. And then that also gives me like sights of like her happiness throughout. Mm-hmm. Like it's like her faith and like happiness is just slowly dying off as it goes through each stanza, which is crazy. I don't know if I completely agree with that because I think it's just more, not necessarily her like losing hope. I think it was more her learning more about how each situation, like when she had to go to the West, she learned that it was more like harder there or it was easier in the South because it was so lively and so energetic while the West was darker. So it took more toll on her mental health, not necessarily her losing hope though. Yeah, I I agree with that, actually. You're right. That's just what I read, got from the poem, though. So, I, we we really don't know, because it's a poem and how you interpret it. Mm -hmm. You don't know unless you specifically ask the heart. Yeah, (laughs) just all of them are just so different, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, some of the past poems, I'm just, get multiple messages and different meanings that you think and I think it's pretty cool that you can interpret it however you'd like to yeah I agree okay should we go off to our last one Mm -hmm. generations okay would you like to start off with that um yeah sure um when I read um I kind of got like a bittersweet feeling like because we've heard her story so far about how much pain and like heartache she's had to go go through and learning about um, all this happiness and like it's sweet in that moment, but you know what's to come the like the reader does. So it's kind of like you can enjoy them ha- having this happiness and such right now because it, this poem's basically about children being all happy and joyful and not knowing about the pains of growing up and learning about all this heartache that going around them you want you get you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's like what we talked about in our first poem granddaughters mm-hmm. when um children really don't understand the hardship as you grow up yeah you learn yeah. that through experience yeah and they and during this probably children that didn't know heartache or any of that um they saw it early in life because they were going through all these situations that you have to become mature in minutes. Yeah, yeah. Really, you have to learn the weight of responsibility really quickly because you needed to survive. Yeah. yeah. So this poem just about these kids just having fun and being useful and such just what is really bittersweet to me because I know that they're going to be going through such hardships. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, children nowadays are exposed to so much mm-hmm. because of social media. Like technology in general. Like when we think about yeah. it, I know so many little kids with iPads and iPads mm-hmm. are really just a touch away from looking up different news outlets and different like more like mm-hmm. games nowadays having to like the dress up games like 
having mm-hmm. makeup and stuff like that. And I'm not bashing makeup anyway. I love makeup, but yeah, of course. to expose that to little children and like to be pretty, they have to wear it. Like that is definitely not the case. You do not have to wear no, it. Yeah. pretty. You can if you want to, <laughs> but you don't have it to. you happy. And I feel like we shouldn't be telling these small children, like four years old, that makeup is what gonna is gonna make you pretty, or being skinny, or being this certain um, beauty standard is gonna make you more likable. Like you, you are fine. You're just a child. You don't have to worry about anything like that. And I think that's the problem with um more and more. Um, generations of growing up with technology because they are exposed to that of course technology is good in many ways too we learn a lot about technology especially right now with this whole coronavirus (laughs) and doing school online like technology is more important than ever yeah well i mean it's crazy though because children now are just like um talking about politics like they know stuff and it's like when I was younger I wasn't exposed to any of that stuff like I wasn't like oh I I didn't even know what (laughs) yeah like what that was (laughs) unfortunately for me my dad went to school for sociology so he taught me young (laughs) so I understand where these kids are coming from and but I wouldn't be lying if I said these politics and learning about such what's going on in the real wor- world at such a young age didn't do anything to my mental health because it definitely did. Like, yeah, sugarcoating is good for like you do that to children for a reason because they cannot handle how sad and cruel the real world is. Yeah, it's like instead of saying like how many people died or just like. No, something just very bad happened. Yeah, and, like, like children don't really understand that, you know? They're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's now, like, we like, are finally knowing the truth. And yeah. it's like, oh. The difference between now and, like, past generations, like, the kids who grew up during 9-11, they weren't told what was happening during 9-11. They were told something bad had happened. While I think generations now would have been told exactly what had been happening during 9-11. Yep. And I feel like we should not do that as much. I mean, of course, knowing the truth is wonderful, but I feel like you have to be a certain age. Innocence is a bliss for if that's the same for a reason, because it is. Mm -hmm. Although (laughs) the one part I do hate is the fact that I don't like not knowing the truth. So I wouldn't have it back for any reason. Like even if it did ruin how my self-esteem and how I feel or my hope for the world. I am glad that I learned the truth. Yeah. It's, that's okay. So kind of difficult to know. Yeah. So for our last question, do you have a question for this one or for actually mm. for directions to you? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll um, let's say for seven generations. When you were young, did you have anything that was told and like told to you that would change your life forever that's a hard one I mean I'm trying to get deep into it you know (laughs) yes there's many things you know Mm -hmm. um so you probably know this already but my mom passed away when I was 13 and so so sorry 
Oh, it's, it's okay. Yeah. So I think that was when I was like 13 mm-hmm. and like, you know, yeah, I was a, I was a teenager, but like, yeah, I still didn't understand, you know? Yeah. Like I'm 16 now, Wow. but, um, I would say that that was probably like the one thing that like changed my life forever, you know, yeah. because it's like, you go from like having this person in your life and they're just like gone. Yeah, that that would definitely change my life forever too. I don't know what I'd do in that situation. I'm already in a bad mental state. <laughs> so I'm best not think about it. But that yeah, I couldn't completely say how that would change your life. For me, it was just more being told at such a young age about the harsh realities of the world and learning how cruel people really are. A huge empath too so like I understand exactly how people are feeling so Mm -hmm. I'm when I see people going through such heartaches I understand exactly how they feel and that is kind of hard for me too so that's something that would always change my life is because I know how cruel things are and that just really ruined my mental state (laughs) yeah I mean learning about child trafficking was another Mm -hmm. thing too Mm -hmm. for me because I learned that at, at a young young age, which should be cha- taught at a young yeah. age, you know, because There's that's such a huge Be aware thing. of what you're going through. Like, if, you just got to be aware of what's happening around your surroundings all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I think that's where we're going to end for today. Sounds good. Thank you, uh, everyone, for listening mm-hmm. to our podcast. We are Flower Child Unity.